your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Uh, Hopefully the nerves are calm for at least one game. Uh, But wow, was that an impressive performance by the Colorado Avalanche over the Nashville Predators in game one of their first round series, a seven to two thrashing uh, of the Panthers at the hands of the Avalanche. And it was pretty much over after the first period. Uh, But Kyle and I will get into that and what to expect from game two. Uh, lots to talk about there as well, because Kyle and I were kind of having a nice discussion before we hit record. And I just I I was like, dude, I I have to hit record because we have to record this stuff. So uh, we'll see where that goes. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show over on our YouTube channel. There we go. Now we're on the right side. Uh, yeah, hit subscribe <laughs> and get notified when a new show goes live. All right, man. Um, game one, you, we, we talked about so much heading into game one. And you talk about what Avalanche team are you going to get? They ended the season not playing as well, but they also had the injuries. How much does that play a part? They are going up against a backup goalie for at least the first two games. They have to take advantage of that. Will they? All of those questions are are put to bed for now. After one game, all of those questions are put to bed. The, the, The guys that were out on the ice and you had surprisingly... To the, the two guys that we were talking about that were going to be the scratches in yesterday's episode, one we were kind of right on on Logan O'Connor. We thought there's a very good possibility he could be one of the scratches. The other, I think, blindsided everybody, and that was Alex Newhook. Complete shock to, I think, a lot of people why he was not in there. But when you looked at the, the lines, it seemed like Bednar was going for experience and that was one of the another thing we were talking about but we didn't think it was going to be at the sacrifice of alex newhook but it just seems like jared bednar knew what he was doing clearly yeah it was one of those when the lines were posted like you're scratching your head and it was like newhook being scratched and cogliano being in there at -hmm. first when you see that you're like what is going on that just doesn't make sense but when you see what Pittsburgh did in their game, it looks like playoff experience matters. It, it means something. Sure. It, it matters. So, yeah, Bednar knows what he's doing. We don't get to fire him today. Sorry, Ives fans. Yeah. We get to keep him around a little bit longer. No, but- it's not to say that th- th- this is going to be the lineup game in and game out. I think he wanted to, you know, for game one, have the experience out there and how we were talking about what would the lines look like. We were focused on those top lines. Where would Landeskog go? And then when we heard he went down to the second line, like, okay, I get that. And that was through all four lines was Mm -hmm. stability. And the one with the least amount of of playoff experience was on the defensive end and Bo Byram, but you're not going to remove him. You know, you have a lot of options available at the forward spot. And he went and and that's what he did. And it worked. 
And now you do. I'm, I'm just reading right now. <clears throat> um, Benar said that Andrew Cagliano is day to day with an upper body injury. Mm. I, you know, he got hurt twice in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like, okay, this is the benefit that you have. If you're the Colorado avalanche, if Cagliano is day to day in, in two days time for game two, if he's not hundred percent, you have two guys. And I think we would all assume Alex Newhook is the number one person on that list to replace him to, to come right in and take the spot and you don't miss a beat. You probably gain a beat from, yeah. from going from Newhook from Cagliano. And see, that's the wonderful thing about the Avalanche team this year. We lose Cagliano day to day. We just talked a majority of the episode yesterday about who's scratched, who's not. And we had a case for every one of them. Mm. Like it's plug and play. Like, and you get to see what you saw last night against Nashville, what this team looks like a hundred percent. And right. And we put this team up against like, statistically with the 01 team like if you put like played fantasy hockey put the 01 team on the ice against this team at 100 percent, that would be interesting be because great the, game. it would be incredible when you see this like it you're it erases how we ended the season it erases not getting the president's trophy it erases like i haven't seen gabe landeskog at 31 games and the man hasn't missed a beat no absolutely not i mean and it's it, they they proved me wrong and i'm totally fine with that because when we did the crossover with lockdown preds i was like these are going to be close games game one absolutely out the window and it it's like shame on me for you know not forgetting but not you haven't you haven't had that avalanche style of play in the last handful of games and it's simply because They've, they've been resting guys. They've had important pieces not playing. <clears throat> you know, you have Miko Rantanen, who had some flu or something. So when he came back towards the end of the season, it wasn't 100%. Now they are. And it's like, yeah, remember what this team did in January? What were they, 15-0-1 or something like that in January? Yeah. Like, when this team is healthy, you saw what they are capable of. And... Again, not that we've forgotten it. We just haven't haven't had it for the yeah. past few weeks. And now that we do, seven spot. You don't do that a lot in the playoffs and, and hang a seven spot on, on any playoff team. If you want to get technical about it, I think the Avalanche scored nine goals because I think Dutchie was the only one that scored for Nashville. Hey, now. Both of their goals. So. <laughs> hey, now. Yeah. And I think they kind of had an own goal. With uh, it was it was a skate that kind of kicked yeah, the and uh, but they whatever attributed it to Landy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, you clearly game one, you were you're at home. You want to get off to to a hot start, and and boy did the Avalanche. I mean, and and it's, how how poetic is it that you you know you anybody on these lines can score. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But usually you're going to rely on your top six or whatever you you know. And Nathan McKinnon gets the scoring goal going. Yeah. Like to me, that was not only that this game was a, a tone setter for probably this series, but for him to get that number one goal, uh, if you're the Preds, you got, it's got to be demoralizing because you want to shut him down and two minutes into the game and he's already potting one on you. 
and that's the thing when you're playing the predators like you want to set, shut down yossi you might want to shut down forsberg where do you focus if you're the predators for shutting down this avalanche team Everyone scoring. Cogliano got a shorthanded goal. Mm-hmm. You did not hear that wrong. That's Cogliano shorthanded <laughs> goal. Three right. words that you'll never put together. But that it happened. And and I think to make matters worse, Kale McCarr made a carbon copy of the Chicago goal in the game. And the one that went viral and trendy and everybody talked about, he did it again. Mm. Exactly the same way. And Nashville played on their heels the entire game. Nothing they did. They couldn't even get physical and take the avalanche out of the game because they'd score another goal. Uh, another goal. They couldn't yeah. fight because Landy's going to clean it up. It's Nashville sees what they are playing against and they are taken out of it. Like they can't do enough to stop the avalanche. And when they're going, it's hard to stop. Yeah, the McCarr goal, the way that it happened was, was very similar to the Chicago goal. Uh, that the Chicago goal was in overtime. So mm-hmm. that was three on three. This was five on five. Uh, and he made a beautiful move at the blue line. I want to give a ton of credit to Gabe Landeskog for keeping mm-hmm. that puck in the zone. We can't forget yes. about that. Yes. And, and McCarr did get some help from, I don't know who the Pred defender was, who was fumbling with his stick uh, and it was on the ground, but Hey, uh, you screw that up, you, you, you know, he's going to go right around you. And he made that move again. I think this one went off of uh goalie's head a little bit, but so what? I mean, it was just another highlight reel goal by the best defenseman in the league. And something we mentioned in the Twitter spaces um, yeah. that really stood out to me. And I don't know if it hit you. I haven't asked you mm-hmm. in that interview that Kale had at the end of the first period. Something about Kale's face, he looked like a man. We always talk about him being like a boy. (laughs) Like, he looked like he evolved, and he's like a man. Like, his face was – that was right after he, like, kissed the boards. Um, Oh, right after, because that was right at the end of the period. And he went in there and had that interview, and you could see in his face, this wasn't boyish Kale. This was man Kale McCarr, and he was on a mission. And I was like – I said out loud, I feel sorry for the league because Kale – has evolved and you could feel it. He's got some like maybe uh, reverse Benjamin button thing going. Uh, Like he's, I said, it's like from Charmander (laughs) to Charmeleon. (laughs) Uh, No, you're right. Like he, he, he has that, like he has the look, you know, just that Mm -hmm. boyish look. I don't feel like that's ever going to go away. (laughs) The dude is probably the only one on the team. That's not going to be able to grow a uh, playoff beard, but (laughs) it's going to get carded for his entire life. Pretty much. Uh, But he has that just like, deep baritone voice and he he did like he even in those in-game interviews uh he's still smiling he's still having a good time but he's it's, it's weird it's like he's smiling but he's obviously very serious yeah there was no like it was it was all business for him and this was in the middle of the game obviously and you know he was not gonna say like anything to to, to tip off the preds that uh, we're done here and you're right man yeah that, I, I absolutely did pick up on that you're right um, much more to get to obviously but first let's hear from rock auto and then we'll kind of continue this discussion so with ever with the ever increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need 
So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when they choose the brands that are only in their warehouse when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. When you go to rockauto.com right now, you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Nazem Kadri obviously did play and he was getting a, if you watched on ESPN, um, I, he was getting a lot of, of credit for keeping his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were many times where and you could see it at the end, the predators, we talked about this many times, like they play an aggressive game and would that be to their detriment? They didn't play that. Like they played a, a physical game, but early mm-hmm. on, let's see, uh, 59 hits from Nashville, 47 for the average. Obviously, it's going to be a physical game, but I thought the way that the Preds were playing early on was a, you know, not as aggressive in terms of getting those like silly penalties. And then they went down five to nothing right away, maybe because of that. And when the game got out of control, you knew it was going to start happening in the third period where they were going to start gooning it up and, you know, face washing guys and ripping helmets off. That's exactly what happened. And if you were, if you were watching on ESPN, they went to commercial when they came back, uh, who was it that was just skating back and just went after Kadri just to go. Olivier. Was that who it was? Just, just to stir things up to try to get Kadri in trouble. They know. They know the league is just waiting for Nazem Kadri to do something boneheaded, and he's gone for the rest of the series. So why not try? I can't fault the Predators for doing that, but you do have to give Kadri a ton of credit for saying, like, I am not taking part in that. We are, you know, I'm too valuable to this team. We're killing you guys right now. Why would I go do that? And that point was also made during the Olivier like they had what 59 hits and that's tracked in between the whistles. Who knows what they had after the whistle. Right. Uh, Olivier like going after Kadri and we, that was comment was mentioned. Like they're trying to get him suspended for the first round. And I was like, sure. look at the score sheet. Why is that matter? Like Kadri isn't the threat right now. Like mm-hmm. if you're going after anybody, go after the captain. He's got a history too. That's true. And he's and he's got like three points at that time. Like, go after him. He's already been jumping in two of the already after the whistle scrums. All you gotta do is just just tick him off one more time and then done. Yeah, I think that's a good point that that Landeskog, you know, he has the history tag attached to him, not as much as Kadri does. You know, if Kadri does it again something in the playoffs he's he's gone for even longer than what he was last year you know what i mean but i get your point like you know landis probably would get suspended too because like i said he's got that history tag attached to him the chicago game is more recent than the blues game and like 
if you watch the entire season, uh, Gabe Landeskog got a shorter fuse than Kadri. Like oh, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. it does not take much at all. If you want to go after an easy suspension, do it. It's easy. That's your target. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. But I, I just feel like because so much has been talked about with Nazem Kadri, that's going to be their their target is to go after him. And when they're down that much, they're going to do everything in their power. When I saw that when they came back from commercial, and I'm like, come on, like, I, in a sense, I get it. But it's like, really, like we're going to do that right now. How about just go win? How about not embarrass yeah. yourself? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're embarrassing yourself more by doing this. But, you know, the score is going to be the, the thing that everybody looks at last. And that's where the embarrassment should come from. And I don't know, for, for the Preds, they, they might be that's what I, I said. Olivier wasn't trying to take out Kadri. He was trying to get a game misconduct so he didn't have to finish the rest of that game. And didn't he, though? That was like a. Um, there was four minutes to go at that point. No, he I was did. like, he just, well, yeah, he's done. He was done at that yeah. point. Yeah. So like, he didn't want to have to deal with that anymore. Because like, if you wanted to do smart scouting, you would go after somebody else. Like Kadri wasn't hurting you. Yeah. He was probably one of the only abs that weren't hurting you. So, and then he had uh, Tomasino actually had a a, a misconduct as well. I believe that was during What's the that? what indicated the four on four. That uh, that was when he got yeah that was at the end of the second yeah when he mixed it up with uh, Lekkinen, who got a misconduct as well. So lots of penalty minutes going around in this game. Um, the the one on McKinnon or not McKinnon on McCarr at the end. Uh, when it was him and uh, Ryan Johnson, and it was just, I mean, they gave him a roughing penalty for literally standing there trying to get away from, from Ryan Johnson. But I think that was just a guy's like, we've had it. I mean, there, there was only a few minutes left in the game, and they were like, we know this is going to get out of hand. Just go in the penalty box. I know it's not typical, your, your prototypical roughing penalty, but it is. They, they put, it in, put them in there. The thing I love the most about the physicality was not the physicality itself, is how the Avalanche handled it on both ends. Mm-hmm. The power play looked incredible. I like just amazing how they would set up. It looked like the power play should. And the penalty kill, there was one power play that I think it, it was the fresh power play going into the third period, two minutes, a fresh legs power play. And Nashville couldn't even get set up. Zero shots yeah. on the power play. Yep. Like, that's what you want to see. The Avalanche had every reason to take their foot off the gas there. If something happened, shrug your shoulders, whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, they couldn't even get a shot off. And the penalty kill and the power play on both sides of the physicality looked impeccable for the Avs. Even though it was two for five, it still looked good. So good. Setting up your passing. And you scored on a five on three. Mm-hmm. And the last five on three that the Avs had looked atrocious. Mm-hmm. I think it was against Edmonton. Um, and and they, they were just passing the puck around the, the perimeter on a five on three for like a minute and 20 seconds. Uh, but, you know, it looked a lot better and they scored on that five on three. So, yeah, two for five um, on the power play for the Avs. Um, 58% on the faceoff. They win that, which is good. 
It was up to 66 at one point in the game. Yeah. I mean, shots on goal, you had 45. I don't know. I mean, I'll look it up right now, but the um, it was about almost done with the second period. And I posted it on Twitter, the, the, the Corsi four percentage between the abs uh, shoot, like basically the percentage means how many shots are, are in total on both mm-hmm. sides. The abs were at 73%, meaning 73% of the total shots taken were from the avalanche. That's nuts. That That's complete domination. And I don't think many, you know, after you're up five to nothing, I'm sure there were some abs fans who were still kind of nervous <laughs> because it's like, oh, we did all that in one period. We've given them 40 minutes to, to kind of come back. I'm telling you guys, like this this is the playoffs and this is a team that has suffered in the playoffs. They're not going to back down. And they didn't, they didn't even up five to nothing. They got the first goal in the second period too. That one that went to McKinn or went to Landeskog, but they they are going to be full pressure for full 60 minutes because they know what can happen if they stop. Yeah. And it's the avalanche, like, Setting the tone the way they did, like everybody was talking about, wow, Toronto looked great against Tampa. Like Carolina looked great. You're not going to hear any more of that. The attention is back on Colorado because you cannot – I think this was as flawless of a game that Colorado has played all year. really was. I mean, your first three goals, power play, even strength, shorthanded. I mean, that's like a – some sort of hat trick when you you do it. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, but that that's just that's amazing. And 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 your stars stepped up. You yep. know what I mean? You had Nathan McKinnon, uh, the two goals and assist, three points. Kale McCarr, one goal, two assists, three points. Nico Rantanen, three assists. Uh where's your shots on goal? McKinnon with six shots on goal. Um Taves with four shots on goal. He just I mean, where where's where is the holes here, none. In this team, zero. It, there's not end. There's it, well, now that you are healthy, you can see it. Is going to be is going to be tough. So, um, the question that Kyle posed, and we will get to that here in a second. Who's in goal for our Avalanche for Game Two? For me, I thought it was a no brainer. Uh, Kyle is maybe playing the role of Jared Bednar. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And we have a, a sound check to get to. But first, Built Bar. You know it. You love it. There it is on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and summer is right around the corner. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Throw them in your bags. Preferably throw them in a cooler because they do. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. You don't want that melting out on the beach. Uh, in the kids' backpacks, make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar is they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. And with Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order right now and they do have those built bar granola bars up there which i have yet to try but 
I got to order some of those. I see they are selling like crazy. Are they? Yeah, they might be out soon. So I got to get on that. Uh, and most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your typical candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com to get all of your favorites and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, our sound check for game number one. Um, yeah, songs that summarize the 7-2 to two victory of the Colorado Avalanche over the Nashville Predators. And if you have uh, not listened to this before, all of these songs that are well, all the songs that we talk about in these sound checks are on a playlist over on Spotify. Just search LOPN soundcheck. So what do you got for today? Good, sir. A song from the CFOs. Um, if you know the name, you know where I'm going. If you don't get ready. The song is called Glorious Domination. Yeah, and you, it you, is. I mean, I'm not a, a to wrestling and WWE, but it seems like I would assume anybody that is knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it is. It's a majestic theme. And when you look back at this game, you listen to the lyrics, feel the vibe of the song. It's perfect. Yeah, I played on. it before we went. And it is. It's just this uplifting, like epic like chant like music yeah. so yeah it's, it's and it's a perfect title for it's it's incredible um i like it so that will be on there and then for me kind of in that kind of same realm in terms of song title growing up uh i grew up in the, you know the grunge era of the 90s and you know so many good bands came out of that era and one of them that a lot of people thought was just like uh, big music like a manufactured band to cash in mm-hmm. on the on the on the on the grunge sound but they turned out to be a really good band and that's silver chair and they were like 15 16 year old kids when they were signed and they came out with this album album called frog stomp if if you haven't heard it you probably heard the song tomorrow which is you know still on the radio today every once in a while a great album from top to bottom and then they went on to make some really fantastic albums where they incorporate like orchestras and they like they were really talented i liked them frog stomp was them at their most their angriest and when we're 15 years old we're angry at everything yeah. right <clears throat> yeah we have so much to say when we're 15 years old uh but they have a song on there called pure massacre that's exactly what happened with the abs so uh that one is going up on the sound check as well. So two songs where you pretty much summarize this this as a beatdown. There's nothing else you can say about it. It was just a flat, flat beatdown. So it was can't beat it. No. So uh go follow that playlist when you have time over on Spotify. Game two. That's Thursday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. <clears throat> um no, I don't think you're gonna see a letdown whatsoever from this team uh cogliano like we said day to day i just feel like he's not gonna play if, if he's not anywhere near 100 percent uh sturm got hurt as well but he did come back his looked bad yeah i he thought could, he got cut well when they showed the replay um he got checked right in the arm 
And I'm like, dude, like that might have broken his arm. Mm -hmm. He was on the ground, but he came back. He came back. So you always have to watch those two, like the day after. Yeah. Did tighten up overnight. You know, do you feel worse the day after? So those are two guys you're going to have to watch. Um, but again, if both of those guys are gone, who are the two guys that were healthy scratches? We assume we're healthy scratches was O'Connor and Newhook. They will come in. Um, from the goalie standpoint, I guess we'll talk about both goalies. <laughs> Let's start with with the uh, the Predators quick. Who do they who do they put in? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to kind of think that, like the the abs are going to come out just as hot. I will say Ingram looked better. He did for his the saves. He over Riddick. I like he got in, settled things down, and started making saves. The abs eventually did get two by him, but like I, I thought when he got in, there was a shift in the vibe and the well, like. It wasn't like he came in and wasn't taking shots. He he, yeah. he had 32 shots thrown at him and he saved 30 of them. So I would think that's where they go. Yeah. Is continue continue that. See what you can get out of him. For the abs, I wasn't even thinking I'm like, this is you know Darcy Kemper's show. And I think, you know, I I I, I think that's where they're gonna go. I don't think. They're going to do this every other game thing or anything like that. Um, you have two games without UC Soros. You should be playing two games with Darcy Kemper because he's your best option to win. And you make sure you get those two games. You don't think so. I don't. Uh, the way that we made it not hurt that we didn't get the president's trophies, we just kept saying, as, as long as we're healthy, as long as we're healthy. Like if you watch the most recent episode of As360, uh, Kyle's talking to Berkey and Helm, and they're talking about like, we just want to be healthy. We just want to be healthy. Well, why does that stop now? Especially with like Sturm and Cagliano, like, why risk putting DK out there for honestly a game? Like, you just, yeah, but, I, I mean, if you get into this this back and forth thing, neither one of them can get into a flow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can keep going back. I mean, because so what what if what if the abs lose a game? Do you put Kemper back out there to try to get the win and get his confidence back up? Or do you switch back in game three? And then what do you do for game four? <clears throat> no, I, I can't do that in the playoffs. I, I, in, in the playoffs, I would do like a, a, a three for one type of deal. Like I, 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 I would I would I would go that route in round two. Route you're you got to play this backwards. Okay. Like you're you're trying to save Darcy Kemper for the end. Sure. We have seen so many times where our goalies go down on the way. And if we lose Darcy and we're gonna have to Hunter Miska is the third. Like right. if we have Pavel Francois and Hunter Miska, you don't feel confident whoever you play in the second round. Like, why burn him out against honestly? I, he's let's, not gonna let's get burned out after two games though. Well, I, like not, I, at this point in the season, like he 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 is as fit as he's going to be for the year, and he didn't. What he faced 20, 25 shots, okay, like a, a decent amount, but he wasn't flopping all over the place. Like he had a pretty easy go of it. 
It doesn't uh, take much with Darcy Kemper, though. Like, that was our thing that we talked about as a concern when he came in, that he has right. injury problems. 100% true. For me, that's regular season. You got him to the playoffs. You know what I mean? You got him to the playoffs very healthy. And mm-hmm. now you ride your horse a little bit more in the playoffs because it's the playoffs. I can't do this back and forth thing with with – with uh, the goaltenders, not to say like I have, I have all the confidence in the world in, in Francois, but I think you just some of these guys need to build up, you know, good routines in the playoffs. And when you do that, when you're constantly like playing every other game and I get what you're saying, at least for like the first round. Um, but for me, no, I, especially because for me, it wouldn't have mattered if, if Soros was there. You're playing you're playing Kemper because you need that matchup. You need Soros first versus Kemper. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, Soros is not there, I'm putting Kemper in because you want that two to nothing lead. And then we can have this discussion when you go to Nashville on who play it, where does Francois play game three or game four? I, I honestly put, I would stay with Frankie in two and Darcy mm-hmm. Kemper three and four. So you like, want Kemper just on the road, basically, is what you're saying. Why, why not? And um, save. Like Frankie has is statistically good against Nashville. And if we follow our, what we were saying, it's Ingram versus Francois. That's not a tall task, be, especially right. if you're scoring seven goals. We could put McDermott back there in between the pipes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be completely against it uh, because you do have that one to nothing lead. And then you don't know what's going to happen after game two and Soros. You can so, pull him. Who? You can pull Francois and put Darcy in there and say, just stand up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, usually in the playoffs, you, you, you I'm saying, like, you, you ride that number one guy a little bit longer than you would in the I'm, regular season. Like, I'm I said, only you, saying that because yeah. Darcy, if you ride him too much, if he breaks, that's a serious problem for the Avalanche. Yeah, I don't think the Avs are going to ride him so much where, like, Frankie's never going to see the ice. I think they know they have a good tandem and it's worked in the regular season. They are comfortable putting him in there. I think you will see Pavel Francouz at some point, but you know, the, the routine they had with the two of them in the regular season, I don't think they keep that same routine in the playoffs. It's a different animal in the playoffs. And the, the goal for the regular season, like I said before, was get Kemper through the regular season. And the Avs and Pavel Francouz did a very good job of doing that. I think Francouz was injured um, a couple th- in the very beginning of the season, wasn't yeah. he? And then, and you know, Kemper was great. It was great. So now that you've gotten him there, you don't want to ride him. I get that. You still want to give Francouz some some time, but I don't know. I, it's the Soros thing is killing me because if he does come back after Game Two. He's going to play, and, and, and if the abs are up two to nothing, he is playing the rest of that series. So, but then the abs are up two games to nothing, and you have some wiggle room to, to mix and match, or, you know, not mix and match, obviously, but mix up who you want to put in goal. But for now, I just have the mindset of it's the playoffs. You, you ride your horses a little bit longer. My thing is, I think it's, we keep Darcy Kemper healthy through the regular season. It's now get him to the cup. Um, Nashville is riding. So- we'll ride sorrows because they need to, we don't have to ride Darcy Kemper. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I just, I feel like, and then we advance. It's going to get harder to justify putting Fransos in more than he should. Or playing with the rotation gets a lot harder in the second round. The longer the conference the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conference final, you want to ride Darcy as like maybe all four or five, six games, whatever it takes. You're going to ride it. Like it gets harder. So yeah, I get if you it. got a chance to buy it, buy it now. Get freaky yeah. and um that's true. I mean, I think once you get to the conference finals, then it's 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 Kemper, it's the Darcy Kemper show. Just um, giving them a day off. Yeah. Um I think we're in agreement that you know Francois is gonna see time in this series. Mm-hmm. It's just when we're we, right, right. We're we're different on different ends of when he's gonna come in. You're right. So um I don't know. We don't have to wait too long to to see, but uh, I can see both sides of it. Yeah. So. All right. Um, anything else? I don't. I don't know. Like, the, I mean, we could probably go forever with this game just because it's awesome when you win. Uh, you got Cinco de Mayo is another late start, but keep an eye on Saturday. It's an afternoon game, so don't miss that one. Is it? It's a four thirty Eastern it? time for us. Uh, let me see. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Is it? Yeah, I thought when I looked at it, I thought they were all the same time, but cool. And how That's much, the, you know, is, isn't it just typical like Avs get the shaft because this Ranger uh, Pittsburgh game goes to like 37 overtimes and the entirety of the Avalanche game is played on ESPNU, which is a channel that not a lot of people get because that's that's extra. So there how, they are. They're supposed that? to be on ESPN. The, the regular ESPN, ESPN one, whatever you want to call it. And uh, because the Rangers in Pittsburgh score a good amount of goals in the first two period, then all of a sudden can't, can't, can't score one uh, in a third. And then what, two or three overtimes. It's a little bit crazy. How bad is it that a guy from Birmingham, Alabama took 10 to 15 minutes to find ESPN U? (laughs) That is a very good question. Uh, I wouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> They're coming for me. Wow. So, all right, everybody. Uh, you have to be happy. You have to be happy. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you wanted. You you wanted a one to nothing lead, obviously. To do it in this fashion just puts uh, everything over the top right now. So you're feeling good uh, yeah. for, for Wednesday. And then Thursday, you get to do it all over again. So, we will be back tomorrow uh, with anything going on in Avalanche land, any updates on those injuries or anything else that comes out. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about that. Until then, thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated to go check out Locked on NHL. Definitely got get caught up on uh, games going on around in the playoffs. You had the, the Capitals. Didn't you have the Preds or excuse me, the, uh, the Panthers? For the sweep. Get yeah, you. Lisa. Lisa reminded me of that. She's a yeah. Capitals fan in our Twitter space. She's like, I got a bone to pick with you. Yeah. And I a crow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But how about those I, Kings, though? That's true. That's true. Yep. You're on both sides of the spectrum <laughs> there. So. And then you had the Flames uh, in a one to nothing game over Dallas. So they have a 1-0 series lead. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh new episode. Anything going on in Avalanche land, we will talk about it here. So uh, once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli. This is the Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
Go, Abs, go.